Property Talk from Louisa's Lounge was born from the hours Louise and I would spend curled up on her couch, chatting about the industry, influences, impacts, and our company exclusive links, where I am managing partner and co-owner. My name is Zara Evans, and after 22 years in Dubai, most of which was spent as a recognized and respected market leader and profile, I opted to work more behind the business from the banks of the River Tay in Perthshire, Scotland. Together, Louise and I work closely on growing exclusive links, striving for a better industry and supporting the team who support us. Through this podcast, we share our experience and connections, but as every leader needs a break, Louise has stepped aside and I will broadcast this episode over Zoom. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Duffy, Associate Director, IFX Dubai. Sarah has a financial and mortgage background in the UK of 10 years and over 13 years in the UAE in similar industries. IFX have been a long-term preferred partner of Exclusive Links, looking after our customers' foreign exchange needs. Welcome, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So, Sarah, you and I have worked together closely in the industry for the past 13 years. Tell us a little bit about IFX, where you're based and how you operate out of the UAE. Dara, we've, we've worked together a while now, haven't we? <laughs> um, uh, well, IFX actually have operate, been operating in the UK for over 16 years now, and we've had the offices in Dubai for six years. Um, we're in the uh, DIFC free zone area in Dubai, so we come under the rules and regulations of the Dubai Financial Services Authority. So you're based in Dubai, your head office and trade is based in the UK. So how do you work across the various, you know, time zones when you're dealing with international currency exchange? Well, by virtue of the fact that our head office is in the UK, we do work from the UK trading floors. So we can only actually book in live rates during UK trading hours. Uh, we are fortunate because we do have the crossover um, with Dubai, so the Dubai office will work Dubai hours, but then we've also got the UK that will we'll cover um, outside of Dubai working hours. But yes, it can be a, a little bit tricky because obviously the markets do run 24-7 and uh, because the dirham is pegged to the US dollar, um, what happens with the dollar affects the dirham. So events in the US, which typically happen overnight, uh, Dubai time, uh, can, can influence the way the, the markets move. That's what I was going to ask you. Obviously, the pandemic has been, you know, had a major worldwide impact. You know, what other um, major uh, worldwide events have, have had an influence on the worldwide currency exchange? Uh, well, yes, yeah, absolutely. The pandemic has. Um, I mean, historically, currencies are influenced by data and information coming out of the respective countries. So, for example, usually we would look at things like uh, retail sales or interest rate decisions or, you know, employment levels coming out of those countries to try and determine which way the currency is moving. However, of late, uh, there have been quite a few major events and all of that will move the currency depending on what's happening in the world. It's amazing how it's also interlinked, isn't it, between countries, between industries, between, you know, a small thing that, you know, President Trump might tweet something and you wake up in the morning and it has this major impact. Uh, Absolutely. 
how do you manage all of that? Um, well, yeah, interesting times. So the currencies are very sort of sentiment driven. And uh, unfortunately, Trump is very, un well, was very unpredictable. So uh, forecasting becomes quite tricky. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, if, if somebody had said to you, oh, the entire world is going to be influenced by a global pandemic, you know, a serious crisis, um, you know, something out of a Hollywood film. Uh, I don't think anyone would have predicted that. So, uh, you know, it, it is quite difficult, but uh, we can only use the data and information available to us. Um, but yeah, it is interesting how it does move currencies and a, a lot more sentiment driven these days. And I know when we were talking earlier before this uh, episode started and we were talking about, you know, whether or not you were asking me whether in, in the UK everyone was rushed buying or we were seeing evidence of everyone rushed buying to to buy petrol. And, you know, it's hard for me sort of sitting here where I am thinking that, you know, the cost of my heating is going to potentially have an impact on, on your world where you are sitting in Dubai and the international world, um, you know, state of, of, of currency exchange. So it's so interesting to see how it's all inter interlinked. You're, you're talking about retail sales and you know how that all impacts across the world so it is and and yes absolutely you're, you're right Zara the the recent uh, concerns over energy prices going up uh, not only in the UK but also across Europe uh, this winter is forecast to be a particularly cold one um, and you know it is it is a concern um, and it and it does move move the, the pound and the euro as a result yeah how is um, IFX and other such currency exchange houses able to offer better rates than banks? How does that work? Okay, so uh, typically banks have uh, large overheads. They don't primarily deal in currency exchange. IFX are purely a currency exchange service provider. So, um, you know, our overheads are a lot lower um, and uh, we do work from the live trading floors in the UK so our rates can change every few seconds so we can take advantage of quick movements in currency to help save clients on the currency exchange rate. Sarah can you just explain to us if, if an individual such as myself which I am a customer of IFX was wanting to set up um, an account to trade what is the process and the costs involved for someone to do that? Okay, well, the process is actually uh, very, very simple um, because we are a, a, fine, a, a regulated company um, in the UK. There is a bit of paperwork. However, um, our clients can apply through a link on our website for a trading facility, and they can also upload the paperwork through the website as well for our compliance to assess. Um, there's no fees to open up a trading facility with IFX and there's no fees to maintain a trading facility either. Um, the way we charge clients is we take a rate from our live trading floors from our banks. We add on a small margin and the rate that we give the client is inclusive of that fee. Right. Okay. So it's almost a little bit like a standing order, I guess, where, where you know, customers could set up once they've got the account set up, they can do regular payments um, through that account and through that those those trading accounts. Yeah, yeah. I certainly have clients that do send regular amount savings. Um, I have uh, corporate accounts that uh, pay regular suppliers. 
Um, we actually have various contracts in place uh, that enables clients to um, capture a good rate and uh, draw down on it on a longer period, which is particularly useful for our corporates who, who want to budget when it comes to paying suppliers as opposed to now uh, compared to how the rate will be in six months' time. Um, so, uh, yeah, but there's various uh, ways that we can help our clients to achieve the best rates uh, available. Um, can you can you walk us through our workings? You've worked with so many exclusive links customers and, and many others in Dubai um, helping them. But can you walk us through a um, working example how um, currency exchange has impacted positively um, once they've potentially sold their house? And, and how that works and how the two are interlinked? When it comes to currency exchange, it all depends on what you're doing. So, um, for example, last year, there was a lot of people leaving uh, Dubai, certainly after COVID hit and uh, people being made redundant. And as expats living in the UAE, it's very difficult to stay here if you don't have a job. Uh, so we were seeing a lot of people leaving the country. Um, but at the time, because the US dollar is considered a safe haven currency and the dirham is pegged to the dollar, it was very strong. So the dirham was a very strong currency. So a lot of people that unfortunately had to, to leave and potentially sell their properties um, were actually receiving a good amount of currency for their dirhams if they were transferring the funds back to, to the UK. Um, on the flip side, we've seen the reversal, certainly at the beginning of this year. So uh, because the, the handling of, 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 the, of COVID in certain countries um, was detriment to the currency, specifically the US dollar at the beginning of, of Q1 this year, um, we were finding that uh, uh, currencies like the, the, the British pound and the euro were strengthening against it. So it was a much, much better time for people to bring money over to the country. Um, and we were seeing a lot of people doing that to, to purchase property specifically, uh, to pay the deposits if they were getting mortgages, even uh, remortgage their properties in the, their home countries because the interest rates are so, yeah. so good, to take advantage of the currency exchange rate of bringing funds over. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic certainly put, put so many industries and people into areas that we had not explored or thought about before. And I think that certainly during lockdown periods, a lot of um, individuals had time to reflect and had time to think about, well, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to remortgage and stay in Dubai a little bit longer? Are we going to potentially sell up here and are we going to, to move back home? Um, and, you know, a lot of people also, you know, were reflecting on do we want to spend more time, you know, with family? Do we want to move with, with um, to, to bigger properties with, with greener pastures and, you know, the bigger gardens and bigger space to work from home? So it did have an impact across so many different industries in different ways. Um, mm. And I guess I was quite lucky when I relocated back to the U.K., um, because that was of choice, you know, obviously I was very conscious to make the right decision at the right time as to when the exchange rate was going to be advantageous for me. But I, I guess a lot of individuals you would have seen in Dubai that have been caught up, that have had to move very quickly, potentially lost their residence visa or potentially, you know, had to sell up quickly and, and transfer at, 
maybe not such a favourable rate, um, which is a difficult because you sort of get hit twice, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we'll, we'll look at situations as to whether or not they really need to move the funds at that point, whether or not they have got time, um, you know, and work with the client to try and uh, achieve the best possible rate for them. Um, yeah, we, we've certainly seen a, a few situations, uh, specifically recently and, and over the years, actually, uh, Zara, that we've worked together. Um, but I, I would say that um, certainly on the property uh, side of things, transactions have increased quite a bit, seeing a, a lot of people moving to Dubai. Um, yeah. We're very lucky that we, we live in a region that uh, recovered fairly quickly from the pandemic. Uh, and by that, I mean, you know, business as usual um, and uh, because of that while other countries were still sorting themselves out um, the Dubai government I think took, took the opportunity to, to put a lot of in incentives in place for people with the 100% the visa 100% uh, ownership of, of companies we've got remote visas here now and um, you know with the, the the taxation advantages here specifically for corporates finding a lot of people relocating their head offices specifically from the European uh, region where it's expensive to run a company um, to to uh, to dubai with it being such a hub in the middle east um and and of course people are moving money uh, companies are transferring startup costs so i mean obviously over the last 12 to 18 months we've, we've come into this you know pandemic recovery period and you know the property market has been extremely busy what would also be having impact on you um, and also, like you say, you know, the government, government initiatives that, that Dubai is putting into place, um, the exchange rates, the, the um, mortgage factors that has impacted, you know, these have all been positive influences on, on people trading. And when I'm saying trading, not just currency, trading houses, trading countries of living in, you know, movement is creating mm. movement, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're very fortunate. Uh, um, you've obviously been particularly busy over the last 12 months. Um, but like you say, not just with property transactions, with, with all the other. And as industries also have chosen to move into Dubai and create that as their home and their hub, that's also going to be, you know, creating more opportunity for you for international trades, I guess, um, transferring back into their head office or, you know, if they've got a branch office um, here in Dubai. Absolutely. I mean, Dubai is primarily an expat region, so uh, there's always people coming and going. And uh, the benefit of an FX company is we win whichever way. So, for example, if, if the dollar and the dirham is strong, people are selling dirhams. If it's weak, people are buying them. So, um, yes, it, it's very much influenced on uh, the economic and environmental um, factors around us. Um, but uh, any event moves currency. So we all win. I think it's probably the same with the yeah. property market. You know, if, if, if things sort of stay stagnant, people are waiting for something to happen. Um, and and the, the market does as well. So an event creates movement. Well, which countries are you seeing that are trading the most, like between the UAE and is it the UAE and UK and Europe or? 
Um, I'd say for the demographic of the clients that I uh, deal with, primarily uh, European and uh, UK, uh, spattering of, of Australasia as well, um, which is probably the, the larger portion of expats in, in Dubai. Um, obviously, we've got a, the Asian region as well. Um, and I think a lot of that is to do with the fact that uh, you know Europe and the UK have got their own issues. We're seeing a lot of Europeans and UK people moving over to to, to Dubai. But also, again, you know the, the taxation in in uh, Europe, specifically corporation-wise, is is very high. So a lot of companies are relocating head offices here, relocating employees here, um, and also I think it's probably more prevalent in the European region, specifically when it comes to property, um, that you want to own the, the, the property that you, uh, you live in. So a lot of people, especially as investors, haven't been able to travel recently, seeing a lot more end user movement um, and people buying or moving money to buy property. We're certainly as Exclusive Links trying to sort of broaden our footprint. So we're sort of trying to build um, international relationships with other real estate companies overseas that can potentially, um, you know, work on a referral basis of customers. Because obviously it's advantageous to us um, to be able to deal with overseas customers that don't necessarily have a expectation or a historic knowledge of where prices should be or where prices are. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, we're trying to obviously infiltrate more into the international market as well. Um, I guess, you know, the important thing is for us in that aspect is to, you know, be aware also of, of the um, conditions and the process, these international clients that are coming in. You know, we need to be very aware as to the processes um, that they've been used to buying under and with. Um, so that we can obviously be a little bit more hand-holding through the processes that are in Dubai that, that are always a, a little bit different and specific to, to our region of the world and, and to the UAE. So Every country has its own process. I think actually, yeah, it's probably worth mentioning as well, uh, one of the, the biggest problems that we face is uh, the, the, the working week which does have an impact on uh, the delivery of currencies as well. So, for example, the, the banks in Europe are not open on a Sunday and the banks in the UAE are not open on a Friday. So we always have to work with the agents specifically um, or, or, you know, with the clients generally on the timeframes of when they need to get their funds moved uh, because we do have to take into consideration the, the difference in the working weeks, just as an example. How long does it normally take, Sarah, the process of transferring funds? Um, so if I give you an instruction and uh, how quick am I to expect that into my UK bank account? Okay, well, specifically UK currency, it, it, I mean, there's usually a, a one-day turnaround. It is very much dependent on the country of the currency because of the time frame. Um, so uh, Europe and, and the UK, usually one working day for the dirhams to land in our account in the UK. And then um, if it's a UK currency to a UK bank, usually clears within a couple of hours. So generally one to two day turnaround. And your phone must be extremely busy on a Thursday evening. <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much for your time today. And thank you very much for the support that you provide all of our team and all of our customers. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us on this episode our My pleasure. podcast. Thank you.
Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, Zoom with Zara. If you have any feedback or would like to hear from us on any property-related topics, please drop us a line. Louise will be back with you next month with another episode of Property Talk from Louise's Lounge. And until then, keep safe and keep smiling. Mm-hmm.